Christmas for your birth. Lord, what is Christmas, Lord? We just thank you for uh, your many blessings, for the uh, offering that you gave. Lord, help us to give back uh, just a little bit of what you gave to us. Thank you for this season of giving. Thank you for this time that we can spend with uh, family and friends, Lord, and remember all that you've done for us. Lord, we pray for Brother Darrell as he delivers your word today. God, please bless the message. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Throughout my head 
faithfulness has walked beside me. The winter storms made way for spring. In every season, from where I'm standing, I see the evidence of your goodness all over my life, all over my life. I see your promises in fulfillment all over my life, all over my life. Help me remember when I'm with of Hebrews it just turned out well uh, last service in here and next uh, su Sunday if you read your announcements we will be having our worship service at the Wildcat Center and next Sunday Christmas of course last verse in the book of Hebrews Hebrews chapter 13 verse 25 
like to turn there with me. There's an outline of this on the back side of your announcements. If you'd like to use that. Uh, the uh, outline is pretty much just the scriptures that we're going to use. We will uh, put all these scriptures on the screen also. Hebrews 13, 25. Last time, last Sunday, was greet you all and emphasizing that word all. We'll do the same thing today, but with the word grace. The scripture simply says, grace be with you all. Amen. Grace be with you all. Amen. Okay, let's pray. Lord, help us as we come into your house. Help us to concentrate on you. Uh, to put aside the struggle of all the other things that are going through our mind right now, all the other distractions. Some of them are good. Not every distraction is bad. Some of them are bad. Some of them are good. But they're not you. They're not you. And help us to center our mind right now and our soul and to quiet our soul, quiet our heart, quiet our mind and to center it on you. We cannot do that on our own. We can try, but it's not going to work. And we need your help to, to do that. So help uh, from this point on. And, and we're glad for the songs that we sung. All, all of those have been about Jesus. And from this point on, we want it to be about uh, Jesus and me, Jesus and us, Jesus and me. And uh, help us to do that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace be with you all. There's a lot of definitions for grace. We're going to put this one up. Uh, there's, you've seen a lot of them over the years. You'll see a lot more. This is not necessarily the best one. This is one I picked. Grace is Jesus doing for you what you can't do. Okay, there's a lot of other ways to say that. Grace is Jesus doing for you what you can't do. Taking your place. Uh, okay. Grace be with you all. I want to concentrate on the word grace and concentrate on the word all. And just going to walk down through these scriptures that are, that are listed in your outline. We'll have each of them on the screen. John 3.16, for God so loved the world. That's all of us. God so loved the world that he gave. God so loved, you, I hope you see that. God so loved, there's the love of God. God so loved the world. That's all of us that he gave, and there starts the issue of grace. God so loved the world. See, he could say he loved the world, but what's that going to do if he doesn't do something? The grace is doing something. We're going to get into this a little bit more, the difference between the love of God and the grace of God. God loves everybody, and grace is poured out to everybody. And God loves everybody whether you like it or not, whether you do anything about it or not. God still loves you. But that's, there's a difference between the love of God and the grace of God. God so loved the world that he gave. There begins the grace of God, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him, there's your response. That's part of grace. Whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's John 3.16, all. Hebrews 2.9, we looked at a long, a long time ago when we were in Hebrews chapter 2. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone, not for some, not for a select few, but that he, by grace, would, uh, the grace of God, would taste death 
for everyone. There's the grace and there's all that he would taste death for everyone. That's all of us. doesn't matter who you are. He tasted death for you. Now, that doesn't mean you've received it. That doesn't mean you accept it. But believing it or not does not affect what God does. It affects what, what you do. Okay, Hebrews, that's Hebrews 2.9, 2 Peter 3.9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. There's the all. Switching gears just a little bit, John 1.17 talks about the difference. The law was given through Moses. But grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. This verse right here was pretty much the impetus for me saying that, that grace, is, uh, grace is Jesus doing for you what you can't do. The law came through, through Moses. The law is all about man. I've done this a lot. You already know what I'm going to say. The law is about man reaching up to God, us trying to be better, us, us trying to be The law is about trying to deserve it, Try, trying to be good enough, trying to, get the, trying to earn the favor of God. Hey, I'm all about trying to be good, okay? I'm, I'm, I think that's great. But it's when it's, it's, it's in our head and in our heart that I'm doing it to try to win the favor of God, that maybe God will be pleased with me because of how good I am. The, the, the law is man reaching up to God. Grace and truth is about God reaching down to man. It's Jesus doing what you can't do. I understand the struggle of trying to please God. And nothing wrong with that. As long as that's not the basis of your hope. As long as that's really not all that you are. I'm trying to please God. I, I want to please God. And so to do that, I'm going to have somewhere along the line, I'm going to have to try to please God. But I don't want that to be the basis of my relationship with him. Why? Because I'm always going to fall short. There's no way I can do it completely. So then every, if, if that's what it's all about, then every time I fail, I, I, feel like, I feel like I'm a failure. A failure is one who fails and quits trying. But, it, but we're, we're all going to fail along the way. So grace is the... The work of God, the act of God coming down, doing what, what we can't do. So that's John 1.17. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, very familiar to almost all of you. For by grace you've been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It's a, the gift of God. Now, Matt, uh, I was going to say... <laughs> That worked out well. We're going to go back and forth. Let's not leave that one just yet. We're going to go, Matt, I'm, I, I warn you ahead of time. We're going to go back and forth between 8 and 9. For by grace you've been saved, that not of yourselves. I want you to catch that. It is the gift of God. Now, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Uh, stay here just, just a little bit. I spent a while back, uh, maybe a year or two, I spent quite a bit of time just on these, just on these verses. And it's not what I'm going to preach. And I know that, that the time I spent was more for me. 
I know that. But all, everything that's been said there in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, by grace you've been saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not of works. All of that's been said so that you won't boast. All that was done, not just said, all that was done so that you won't boast, that I won't boast, that I won't brag, that I don't have anything to brag about. And that, I, that, that no matter what, I may be sure to give God the glory for whatever good, whatever that, that's been done in me, that God gets the glory, that I shouldn't brag about it, that I don't, I don't get to boast. But I want you to see in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, it, saved by grace, it's the gift of God. Um, here's where... I'm going to try to do the best I can to say this in a way that you're really going to get this. Uh, the, the love of God's poured out on all of us. The grace of God is offered to all of us as a gift. And I, and I know many of you thought about it. So it's offered to us as a gift. So we have to do what? Receive it. Okay. There's where we come in. Salvation is by grace. It's what God has done for us. But there's another part of grace that's a discipleship part of grace. There's a salvation part of grace. This is what, this makes a difference between grace and love. There's a salvation part of grace that is completely all, it's, it's, it's all what God has done. It's God reaching down to man through what Jesus Christ did. That's the salvation part of grace. The discipleship part of grace, though, is where we come in is God offered us the gift, is we have to receive it. God offers you the gift. You have to reach up. The only uh, where law is man reaching up to God, the only problem with that is I can't reach very high. But God reaches down with the gift, the gift of sal salvation, and he brings it down all the way to me to where it doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter how weak you are, doesn't matter how hard it is to reach up, he, he brings it down close enough to you, you can reach it. You can accept it. You can receive it. So, for by grace are you saved through faith. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any of us would brag. But we have to reach up and take that gift, okay? The gift that, that God has offered, whatever that is. So there's a salvation grace. That's what God has done for you. This is what I want you to see. I, I need you to listen right here. Salvation grace is what God has done for you. Discipleship grace, when I reach up and take the gift, now it starts and begins what God does through you. A lot of Christians, I don't think... I doubt that any church ever teaches this or preaches this on purpose. But there are a lot of Christians, a lot of places that have gotten the doctrine somehow that everything that God does is about saving me. Okay, I've been saved. I'm good. I'm, let me go back to my life. Okay, I've been saved. I'm, I'm, I'm set. So I just kind of go back to the way things used to be. See, there's a saving grace where the gift is offered, but there's a discipling grace where I reach up and take the gift. Salvation grace is about God doing it for you because you can't do it. 
That's the salvation grace. Discipleship grace is, is me taking the gift. So one is what God's done for you. Taking the gift now is what God begins to do through you. That's where I want you to get to. A lot of people in the room have been saved. But you're not doing anything. Can I say that more plainly? There's a lot of people in the room have been saved. But you're not doing anything with it. Well, I've been saved. I mean, isn't that what it's all about? It's a big part of what it's all about. But if that was all that it was all about, why, not get, why doesn't God just take you to heaven now? Why doesn't God just take me to heaven now? i tell you why God doesn't take me to heaven now. Why? Because he's got something for me to do here. That's why. That's the only reason. Read in Acts chapter, read in Acts, I, I, I'm not sure the chapter, it's, it's talking about John the Baptist, and when John the Baptist died, he died in, a, died in a prison cell. I think it was Peter or John, if I use both, you know, it's a pretty good bet you're going to get it right, it was either Peter or John in the book of Acts, is talking about, in, talking about John the Baptist, and it said, when John the Baptist finished his course, he died. When John the Baptist finished his course, when his job was done, death doesn't have anything to do with age. Listen, this is biblically true. Death doesn't have anything to do with age. Death doesn't have anything to do with health. Oh, yeah, I get that. I'm in a biblical sense, in a godly sense, and God taking over, and he's in charge of birth, and he's in charge of death. When you're through, when God's through with you, then you die, and you go home to be with him. That's what happens. When God is through with you, when your course is done, when your work is done. But see, your salvation is not your work, right? For by grace you've been saved. That's God's work. That's salvation grace. That's not your work. Oh, well, I've been saved. My job's done. No, because it wasn't your job to start with. It's never been your job. To, uh, your job is to accept it, to accept the gift. It's God's job to offer the gift. Your job to accept it. And now in accepting that gift and saying yes, then a discipleship grace takes over. And now it's, got, now it's still not you doing it, but it's now God working through you. Some of you have been saved, but you're not doing anything. I'm going to challenge you with this. 2022 is coming to an end. It's time to do something. It's time to do something. 2023 is going to start. What, what are you going to do? I'm going to challenge you with it. I, I don't want you to be comfortable. I want you to squirm in your, squirm in your seats, okay? What are you going to do? What are you going to do with the rest of your life? What has God called you for? What has God made you for? What's your purpose in life? Why are you here? Why are you still here? Is, it, is your goal in life to see how long you can breathe? Is, is, is that your goal? Really? I'm just going to see how long I can breathe. That's not what God made you. God didn't say, oh, I'm going to make somebody see how long they can, they can breathe. You know, just, just, no, that's not what, that's, 
That's dumb. And nobody, no, nobody believes that that's true. There's something he made you for, something he created you for, and there's something he saved you for, okay? There's a calling, a purpose, a gift, a job, a task, a ministry that he made you for, called you for, he saved you for. So there's salvation grace, God doing it, God handing down the gift. There's discipleship grace, yes, Jesus, I'll take it, thank you. Now, it's him working through you. It's him working through you lest any of us should boast. I don't get to brag about anything. It's Jesus working through me. It's Jesus working through me. It's Jesus working through me. Well, yeah, then let's get Jesus working through me. Then let's work out, let's get Jesus working through me, okay? That's Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. John 1, 12, again, kind of reemphasizing that. But as many as received him, you see that? Receiving the gift, but to as many as received him, to them he gave the right, or the, king, the old King James says the power, to become the children of God, to those who believe in his name. So there's the believing and the receiving. I've received it now. Let him work through you. Let him work through you. Okay? Last verse, Acts chapter 10, 14. Acts 10, 14. This is a story, it kind of read, uh, lead up to this, makes more sense. Peter is on the rooftop and the Holy Spirit's talking to him about going to talk to a Gentile named Cornelius in another town. Peter doesn't know who Cornelius is. Cornelius doesn't know Peter. Interesting story, not going to go through all that, just to try to get to where you understand what these words mean. Uh, so Peter's on the rooftop. The Holy Spirit is talking to Peter. Cornelius is over in his town, uh, Caesarea, I think, but I'm drawing a blank there. But Corn Cornelius is in another town. An angel is talking to him. I don't really know why the difference. But an angel is talking to Cornelius about sending men to Peter. The Holy Spirit is talking to Peter about going to talk to Cornelius. Up on the rooftop. The Lord says to Peter, uh, bringing down this sheet, you know, and the animals on the sheet, rise, Peter, kill and eat. Rise, kill and eat. And Peter says, not so, Lord, for I've never eaten anything common or unclean. Look at not so, Lord. We could really shorten that down, couldn't we? And Peter says, no. Lord, no, Lord, think of those two words, is that possible, no, Lord, is Jesus Lord if you say no, the answer is no. Is Jesus the Lord of your life if you say no when he asks you to go, when he asks you to speak, when he asks you to do anything, and you say no, is he really the Lord of your life? No. The only appropriate answer when the Holy Spirit's dealing with you 
The only appropriate answer is what? Yes. This is a, these are shirts that we have made for baptism. So from now on, when you're baptized, I'm going to wear one, and you will wear one. It simply said, because when I baptize you, I'm going to ask you, do you believe that you've received Jesus as your Savior? And everybody's supposed to say, yes. And so the shirt just simply said, I said yes. Now, so when someone's saved, baptism is the next step. I said yes, and then you get out of the baptism pool and you go to work. What do you want me to do next, Lord? What do you have for me next? What do you, where do you want me to go next? And wherever he says and whatever he says, the only appropriate answer is ever yes, Lord. So it just cannot be when Peter said no, Lord, then he's not really Lord. The Holy Spirit has been dealing with you about things. The Holy Spirit's been speaking to you. That's how we've heard. And I've never heard the audible voice of God. So when I say speaking, I just mean that he is dealing with me. And we can wrestle with that, and, and I know that, and I think we should wrestle with that. How do I know? How do, hey, that's, that's just part of being a Christian, is learning to hear his voice and to heed his voice and to obey his voice. That's, that's, that's just part of every Christian wrestles with that. We all do. But the Holy Spirit's been dealing with you. And so in that sense, I'll say he's been speaking to you. He's been trying to get your attention. Isaiah said it this way on the speaking. He said, it's like a whisper behind my uh, shoulder. And I like the way, I, I just like the imagery of that. And Isaiah is just doing the best he can to describe what that voice is like. When Samuel was a small boy, you, do you remember, he heard the voice three times before he really knew what it was. He thought it was somebody else. So even he had to learn what that voice was like. I, I love that story because that's, that's me. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But anyway, the Holy Spirit's been dealing and speaking. It's time to obey. It's time to quit putting it off. It's time to quit pretending. <clears throat> it's time to quit pretending that you didn't hear. It's time to quit pre pretending that the Lord is not speaking to you. It's time to quit pretending that he's not convicting you. You walk out of here every week and, and, and maybe some weeks more than others, but, but there's that convicting of the Holy Spirit and you're, you're pretending that he's not. There's something that the Lord has for you to do. That's discipleship. You've already been saved. Let's move on. You've been saved, you've been baptized, it's time to move on. Now, Lord, what do you want me to do? You've been dealing with this and dealing with this. We're coming to the end of 2022, and we're looking at the beginning of 2023. Here's my question to you. If you're a disciple of Jesus, are you seriously content for everything in your spiritual life to stay like it was last year, this year? 
Are you seriously content for 2023 to be nothing more than 2022? Are you seriously content for 2023 to be just another year? Where you're just really just kind of wading through, not really accomplishing anything for the Lord, not really doing anything. Is that okay with you? It isn't for me. I don't want... I don't, want to, I don't want 2023 for me to be like 2022 was. Not that it was bad at all, but I just don't want the same thing again. I'm looking for whatever the Holy Spirit has for me, whatever new adventure. Somebody came, uh, talked to me last week, and we, uh, not, th- not the first time this ever been talk, talked about, but the, uh, the ultimate conclusion was, if Christianity is boring for you, you're not doing it right. Okay, you're not doing it right. And if Christianity is boring for you, chances are you're not doing it at all. But it sure isn't boring as the Holy Spirit leads and guides that he's going to ask you to do stuff that just scares you to death. He's going to ask you to do stuff that you can't do. That's why it's got to be him doing it through you. But I'm asking you to make a decision in your heart, and you may not have any idea of what it's going to lead to. I get that, what it's going to mean, but the decision is, is you know what, I want to, I'm ready to grow. I'm ready to grow. I'm ready to, for the Holy Spirit to, to change me. I'm ready to be different in 2023 than what I have been. Not that it's been bad. But I'm just ready for more. I'm ready for more of him. Guarantee you, he's ready for more of you. Guarantee you, he's ready for more of you. There's a salvation grace and there's a discipleship grace. Salvation grace is God handing down the gift. Discipleship grace is me taking the gift, said, thank you, Jesus. Now I'm going to put it to use. I don't even know what this is. This is for one of the grandkids. Better not say because they may be watching <laughs> Salvation is uh, I'm going to take that gift and I'm going to put it to use. I'm going to ask the band to come. Just like you planned. That's okay. Ask the church to stand, if you would. You just, I'm just asking you to listen to, not to me, the voice of the Spirit as he guides and leads, as he tugs it at your heart. Simply stepping out and saying, you know what, I'm ready. I'm ready for the Holy Spirit to work more through me. I'm, I'm just ready for more. I don't know where it's going to lead. I don't know what he's going to ask me to do. Or maybe I do know. But I'm scared to do it. Maybe I do know. But I'm scared to do it. That's okay. That's okay. If you need to come and pray about the Holy Spirit working through you. The Holy Spirit working in you. If you need to come about uh, pray mm-hmm. about receiving that 
that gift, whatever the need may be, whatever's going on with you, you need to step out. And, and by doing that, it really, you are taking that first step. You're obeying the voice of the Spirit right now. And it's making that dis- decision. This is what I'm going to do. When the Holy Spirit speaks to me, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to stop uh, saying no, and I'm going to stop putting it off. When the Holy Spirit's speaking to me from here on out, I'm just going to say yes. I'm going to act. I'm going to move. The Holy Spirit's dealing with you. If you need to come and pray about anything at all while they play and sing, we invite you to come. Yeah. 